Hi there, it's Harry here with the 53rd episode of this podcast, the Animation Industry Podcast. And I just wanted to take a second to say thank you so much for listening. If there is somebody specific you'd like for me to bring on, simply send me an email with your suggestions and I'll do my best to bring that person in. My email is terrystories at gmail.com. So I hope to hear from you soon. Now, this episode is all about how to become a CG lighting artist, what studios are looking for, what to include in your portfolio, and what it's actually like to work in a studio as a lighting artist. And who better to share all this with you than Michael Tenzillo and Jasmine Katatakarn, who together run an online school dedicated to teaching the art of CG lighting called the Academy of Animated Art. And just a little bit more background on Michael and Jasmine. They are both senior lighting technical directors at Blue Sky Studios and have worked on some of the biggest feature films, including Rio, Rio 2, Ice Age Continental Drift, Ferdinand, Peanuts, and many others. And I'd also like to note that if you are interested in becoming a lighting artist, Michael and Jasmine have put together a really great free guide called The Three Expert Insider Secrets for a Successful Demo Reel. And all you have to do to get your copy is just follow the link in the description. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into the chat. So, hi, Michael and Jasmine. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? We're Thank great. you for having us. Good. It's, it's a pleasure. I've been uh, uh, reaching out to more people in the CG world because I realized that I am over-indexing in stop-motion episodes because that's, that's what I'm super interested in. <laughs> so, I'm really happy to talk to some lightning people because... That's, um, you know, it's it's like a very niche thing and uh, you know all about that. But uh, before we talk about all the wonderful experience you have in 3D lighting, lighting um, can you share how you actually got into this in the first place? Um, do you want to start, Jasmine? Sure, I'll start. Um, so how did I get into this? I totally did not expect to. I majored in economics in college. I know, right? So I, um, as soon as I graduated from college, and I will say I majored in economics because that was like practical and I was like trying to do something that would make, you know, my parents happy and, and I always loved the arts, but as at an early age, I was always told I could not become an artist because I would not be able to survive. And this is funny because my mom's a designer. So it was all for my mom, like basically say, you know, you should be a doctor or something, you know. Like that, so that's why I majored in economics. But as soon as I made, I graduated, I was going to all these finance interviews, and they were asking me simple questions like, "So why do you want to be an investment banker?" And I would, I would just in my head, I remember one interview being like, "I do not want to be an investment banker." So that summer, I just decided, I'm like, "This is my life," and I s stopped going to those interviews. I decided to finally pursue. Um, my passion in the arts. I always did like fine arts and everything on the side, but never, I was never like serious about it because I thought I couldn't be serious about it. And that summer I started taking classes in computer arts, like the very basic stuff like Photoshop and Illustrator and, and things like that. And I ended up building a portfolio and I got a job as a package designer for Good Diver Chocolatiers. And I know very random, but the teacher that was teaching me like the basic Photoshop, he was actually a 3D guy. And he just by chance, one class, he's like, you know, you're really, you're picking this up really quickly. What you want to see this, I think it was like 3D Studio Max, you want to see this? And I had never seen any 3D software before this. And I saw it, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I was like instantly hooked. I was like, this is what I want to do. And um, so I did a year of 
like the package design and then I realized I wanted to go to 3D and how do I get into that, right? So I decided at that time there wasn't very much out there. So I went back to school for it. I got my master's at NYU in 3D, um, I think it's visual effects and design or something like that. And then that's when I was like, there's a two-year program. I was working full-time at the same time too to try to afford it. And I graduated, I was like, okay, I'm ready to become a lighter, right? And I always love lighting. Um, and basically I hustled and I did get my foot in the door, but I realized so many things and we'll get into that mm -hmm. later, but that's how, that was my path to becoming a lighter and into this industry. So major nice. in economics, yeah. a lighter. <laughs> well, thank you. And I, I wanted to, so basically you grew up being told, even though you were interested in the arts, you were, be, you were being told, don't go into the arts. Yes. So you graduated with an economics degree and were in the process of interviewing. So you're like this close to starting a completely different career and life path. Uh, and then you decided to throw that all away and kind of start fresh. What what pushed you? And when you had zero support, like how did you find the motivation to to really pursue this? I know. I, I remember how, how scared I was when I did it. was. I remember the moment I was in, it was probably my third interview, and they asked me, they were asking me these questions about finance and econ, and I kept, I had my BS answers, you know, out, and finally, I just remember after that interview, I was like, I can't, like, I just saw what my life would have been like, Yeah. I like, I just can't do this, and it didn't feel right, and I think what pushed me was like, no, this is my life it's time to take charge. I was 20, like a little late, but I mean, it's never too late, but I was 21. And I was like, I'm going to do what I, I really want to do. So I know in hindsight, I was like, God, how did I, how, you know, <laughs> nice. that takes a lot of guys. Yeah. yeah. But it works. Like my parents are very happy right now. And yeah. it was the best thing that I could have awesome. done. So you're living the dream right now. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, how about you? <laughs> where, did, where did you, uh, where did your path begin? Um, so I was a, a photography major in college. I was a, I graduated and I was working as a photographer a little bit. Um, I was also uh, bartending and just kind of making ends meet. I really, uh, I really love the art of photography, but when it comes to doing it as a job, I, I was kind of hating it. Like I hated doing events. Uh, I was doing weddings and I hated getting dressed up nice and running around in hot weather and, uh, and not, and not being available any Saturday. And then like, Bartending wasn't great, and so, um, and I actually, and and I was just kind of like looking for a purpose, and I watched Finding Nemo at the time, and and I thought the movie was great, and I was enthralled in it, but actually I watched the behind the scenes, and there was this behind the scenes footage of the artists for Finding Nemo scuba diving off the coast of Australia, and they were talking about how they were using light and color and design to set the mood for the film, like, when they were out more in open ocean, it was cleaner, it was brighter, it was rosier. And then as they got closer and closer to Sydney, they made it darker and murkier and greener and to like really amp up the emotional, uh, like the drama of the scenes. And I was just like, I had no idea that that was a thing that existed. I had no concept of like all the artists that went into an animated project. And I, I, I also was like, it was like um, I remember just sitting on my couch watching and thinking like, this is what I want to do. Uh, like yeah. very, and so, I start. I, I, start, I looked into doing uh, cinema 4D on my own, and I was just kind of. And at the time, I didn't realize how underqualified I was, but I did get a, a job 
doing 3D visuals for a book from an old professor of mine. And I just like, it was, I, I had to do everything. I had to model, shade, light, I do everything. And it was like for nine months, it was just, he was a robotics professor. So he was just giving me all of these little robotics pieces and circuit boards and stuff. And he wanted me to model them. And I kept telling him, I was like, you know, I'm a photographer. I can just take a photograph of this. Right? He's like, no, no, it'll be cool. It'll like, be 3D. It'll be like super, like in the future. It was like in 2000, how was it, like 2003, 2004. And, um, and so I was doing it. But like that rapid, like doing it over and over and over again. And the days were just flying by because I was just like working long. And I, I just loved it. I loved it. And um, so I started applying for jobs. And like I said, at the animation companies, and I was just so underqualified. I was so not in... Um, so I, at, the, at the time, it was probably the same time as Jasmine. Like, the only thing you could do then was go back to school. And so I did the same thing and, you know, took out student loans and uh, went to the Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, and I only got in because the dean at the time was interested in getting photographers in. And I was like, well, what did you think of my 3D reel? He was like, you're going to have to take some prerequisite classes. But <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. And then, um, uh, yeah, but I, I knew the whole time that I wanted to be a lighter. I wanted to be a lighter. And then after I got out of school, uh, yeah, I got um, a job off. I got a job offer at Blue Sky to um, be a render wrangler. And this was after like probably six months after graduating of not getting any offers. And it just and like again, it was just like a um, I was in the right place at the right time. They needed render wranglers, and I was a person with a heartbeat. As like that's not me saying that. That was somebody else telling me that after the fact. But I got in and I, I realized after I was here and I was doing this very technical role and I was seeing the way the lighters were working and I was getting, and we'll get into this more, but I was seeing what I was doing wrong. And, and um, uh, yeah, and, and I'm now, like I said, and, and it, yeah, this is, it's just a dream job. It's everything nice. that I've wanted it to be. So we've, I've been here for 11 years now. Do you, do you think your photography background really helps you when you're lighting and stuff like that? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, and that I can, because it was, it was the interest in the way that light crafts the scene, um, and having an understanding of that mostly also understanding how cameras work and how, um, mm. like apertures and depth of field works and how it's like, it's actually like a mechanical issue and like vignetting on a lens and like putting all of these photographic aesthetics into my work uh, yeah. help a lot, but it's actually very, lighting for CG is very, very, very different than lighting for a photographic set because in photography, you're stuck with uh, the constraints of what a light can do in the world, like the natural elements of a light. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's only so many things that you can do. But in CG, you can make a light do anything. So really, it's much more like painting than it is like photography because you can constrain a light to a certain object but not hit another object but you have to do it in a way that's like all convincing so in cg once you once you get the tools and the understanding under your belt you have full control over the uh, aesthetics of it and that's what i really like about it is because you really have an opportunity to control the aesthetics and control the emotion of the scene because you, you're not constrained by physical limitations nice yeah i really i really like that and and cg definitely lets you control absolutely everything mm -hmm. <laughs> um so let, let's talk a little bit about the school that you guys, uh, or the academy that you guys that run. And I think it's really interesting because uh, as like an outsider from how films are made right now, there's so many tiny pieces put together and hundreds of artists that make a film and lighting is just like one component of all of that. So I'm wondering why did you decide 
well, I, I'm sure the answer is a little bit obvious because you're both expertise in this. But why did you decide to start a, a whole school around around lighting? Um, I, I can start answering yeah. that. Well, it started when both Mike and I, probably around the same time, were going on recruiting trips for our company and looking at student reels and whatnot. And we were seeing a lot of work. And then we were real. I personally started realizing that all the mistakes that I had made when I was in school, they're still being made. And we had a mutual discussion afterwards. We're like, you know, no one's really teaching lighting. How do like, and I was like, I didn't learn lighting in school either. I learned it, what I know mainly on the job. Mm-hmm. And same with Mike. And then like, and we were basically saying like, there's all these other, you know, schools for animation or whatever. And we were talking like, there's nothing for lighters. There's no, there's no one to teach how to actually light because the schools are focusing on the wrong things and that's when we're like why don't we just just do it because there's nothing out there and we wanted to help those people wanting to get into the lighting industry essentially what we would have wanted Mm -hmm. to have when we were in school because we didn't learn it either and I realized like all these years later they're still not learning it and Uh no one knows it's like this kind of dark like because there's not that much out there. It is a specialty within animation, but it's still like a big, it's a big chunk of the pipeline that no one's teaching. So that's mm-hmm. essentially how we started. So if I if I get an animation degree and like specialize in CG, it's not enough to to start it as an entry level lighter. Well, I can't say specifically because <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen your work, but right. in most cases. I haven't seen that many places really focus on the art of lighting. That's the they're focused on the software. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll be like like the way I was taught in grad school and I see like in like online tutorials, it's like, oh, here's the software. This is the button to make a light. But they're not teaching you why you're making a light. What really makes a successful image. Or like, here's the button, do this, or maybe some trick like, oh, just make a dome and turn click on this H like, you know. This, right. this button, and you're done. But like, there's so much more to it than that, especially in like feature animated films yeah. um, that no one teaches. So that's why we started this. Yeah, that was, that was the big thing for me uh, when I was in school. I was like, you know, if I just had the tools that they had at, uh, at Pixar, Disney, or Blue Sky, or whatever, I'm sure I could make work as good as they can. And then once, once I get here, I realize like, oh no, they don't, my, my tools were actually better. Like they don't, they, the, the, the software isn't different. It's the exact same, essentially the same stuff that you have that anyone has at their disposal. It's just that they have a mastery of the craft. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they know how to con- control the image a little bit. Yeah. yeah, so we wanted to change that. We wanted to give students and anyone mm-hmm. wanting to get into lighting the ability to get to the knowledge before having the experience. Because I learned that on the job. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and one of the big things for, for me too is like I, I always think back when I'm working with students I always think back to that time period of after graduating from grad school before getting my first job and just how stressful that was and how uh, like the, the, the emotional roller coaster of that like you question your ability you question if you made the right decision for your life you question if you're good enough uh, you question do I have what it takes to succeed in this was this um, and, and looking back on it I mean I'm the same person I was then but I just I wish somebody had come to me with knowledge from the industry and said, no, like if you just if you just figure out how to do 
these things, then you can get that. Like that's what you're lacking, right? Somebody yeah. who's been on the inside, you can see the work that I've done. You can see what what was lacking and, and could give me some guidance because it was really it's very isolating and very lonely. And um, and I always think about that when I'm talking to our students. Like I don't want anyone uh, I don't want anyone to have to feel that that way again. Yeah, and that's why we for our programs we we really emphasize the professional feedback. Like that's really how people grow is through feedback. You know, you I, I feel like we, we all have the thing where we create something and we're like, oh, it's perfect, right? Until you know, so and unless you show it to someone else, yeah. you're never gonna grow. You're never yeah. gonna like get to the level that you probably want to get to. And that's where we really shine and we give our students the feedback. As soon as they do something, we give them feedback and we go back and improve it and iterate it and iterate it. And before you know, it's like they have an awesome demo mm -hmm. reel to get that done. And we know how like the creative process is an ongoing thing and you kind of, you, there's momentum in it. So we make sure to try and give feedback within 24 hours for them so they can just like put it, like they post work to this forum we give them feedback on it and then they can either iterate and get better and better. Cause that's, yeah, as Jasmine said, through professional feedback from people who know, that's the only way, it's really the only way you get better. That's amazing. Cause when I, when I post something and I want feedback, I'm so anxious up until the moment I get the feedback. And then when I get the feedback, I'm like, Oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> so yeah. many things I didn't even think of. Well, that, that doesn't go away when you enter the industry. I do that. <laughs> I know. I have to actually be in the room with them when it happens. Like, and they're like, Wait, why is Mike? Why did you do that? Like, right? Yes. No. You're right. You're right. Yeah, we get feedback every day, and we're like, okay, I'll make it better. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, yeah, I think it's I think it's really cool that you're sharing your expertise because you you've worked at Blue Sky for a while and they've made some amazing films. Um, so I'm wondering, can you give kind of an overview of what the course entails? Like, where do you take a student from coming into the the program, and where do they where do they leave? Sure. Um, so our program is designed for anybody who just has like a rough understanding, a basic knowledge of 3D software. You don't have to have any lighting experience when you're starting, because like we said, we know that schools and other programs don't focus on lighting. So we'll, we'll take you from where you are at the ground level. Uh, we have seven different courses. Uh, we start off with a course that we call the Power of Light that'll um, get you just kicked off on looking at light from an artistic perspective. We separate the uh, hows of lighting from the whys of lighting. The whys of lighting are like the hows of lighting are like how to create a key, how to create a spotlight, how to change its value, how to change its color, that kind of stuff. Kind of like the the intro, like base level stuff. And then we talk about why you light it a certain way. Why would you position lights in a certain place? What is your motivation? What look are you trying to achieve? How do you achieve that look? So we focus on like looking at reference imagery and, and, and processing that and, and learning to translate that into your own work. Uh, and we focus on some of the basic core elements of a well-lit shot, which is um, uh, creating mood, like I talked about, like the Finding Nemo thing, uh, creating mood in your shot, creating visual shaping on your character. So there's there's dynamic elements within the within the character and within this uh, set. Um, and then there's there's some compositional things you do with light that you have to do every time, where you're getting the character to pop off in the background, or you're getting you're treating you're training the the viewer how to focus on the right things on the image. So, uh, and we do that in the Power of Light class with. Um, just some simple geometry just to kind of get everyone's uh, feet wet and kind of get them, get them in the right headspace. And then we move into some more specific classes. We have character lighting courses, environment lighting courses, um, that, that because we, we break apart those two disciplines so that, because uh, they, they, they both are based on those same principles of shaping and mood and directing the viewer's eye, but there's different ways that you can go about it in, in, both, uh, in both areas. Like for character lighting, 
you want to make sure you're hitting hero colors. So like the minions in Despicable Me have a very specific yellow color. So you always want that hero color to read throughout the film. A uh, character like you have to really communicate scale, like how to use depth of field, atmospheric far off, aerial perspective, um, all these different techniques to make a space feel large and vast uh, or, or very, very small if you're working on like a Lego movie or something. Uh, and then we, we, we have other courses uh, as part of our, and, and all these courses are bundled together, I should say, mm -hmm. I'll say that at the end. Uh, but we have uh, compositing because part of being a lighter is being able to composite your shots. And many studios ask lighters to uh, be the shader and material artist. So we, we, we will give you that full skill set of uh, materials and shading for the lighting artist. And then the compositing is great because that's where you like really add that final professional polish to your shot. That was something I didn't, I never learned in school was like how to give your shot that final look that makes it look clean and professional. Um, we also know that getting assets is really hard and the hardest one to get is uh, animated scenes. So we, we have a uh, course called Lighting and Animated Film that we give you an entire seven shot animated short. Uh, it's all textured and, and ready to go and animated. Uh, and then we take you, we physically take you through our process of lighting that animated short from start to finish and teach you how to do that too. And then the last course in the series um, is, uh, is Jasmine runs this one and it's called Succeeding in the Industry. And it's like nothing else I've ever seen out there. It's basically all of the little in-between stuff that you learn, like how to, uh, how to interview, how to negotiate for your salary, like what are some inner office things you need to know, like all of this stuff that you learn on the job through experience, we Jasmine did a really great job of packaging it together, giving it out. So, so you, we do you do have the ability to get each one of those courses individually, um, but we package them all together into our lighting for animation bundle, with the idea of being like, this is all the information that you would need to get a job in this industry. So if you if you're if you don't want to like go to 18 different places, it's all bundled together, and we and again like. Other than just the animated film, we've got assets to light. We have every, we want to be like the one-stop shop where you can go and get everything you need to become a lighter. So somebody, uh, I'm just thinking a student, they can come in with no software. Like, do you provide a student software as well, or do they have to have their own Maya or Blender or whatnot? Well, the great thing about uh, Maya, well, first off, our courses are not software-specific because that's the way the industry works. No one ever, like, looks at your reel and goes, wait, did they do this in Maya or 3D Studio Max? Like, nobody cares. They care if you can make a beautiful image. Um, the beautiful part about the industry now is uh, Maya has a free education version you can download. Hmm. Like, uh, all the software that you need, you, you can have access to. Um, nice. And uh, what else was that? I missed something. No, that's it. We do have some partnerships with to yeah. make it easier for students. And we are, we always welcome students to reach out if they're having uh, they want a software that they're it's particularly hard to get. We will work with them to see how we can help them get that. But yeah, we have, yeah. We have a great relationship with the Foundry. So mm -hmm. if you need Nuke or something, we can we can work with them to get uh, get some student licenses or figure out a way awesome. to get something. So you're not because they get it too. Like they get that you're still learning. But yeah, <laughs> awesome. we give our, yeah we give the students the flexibility to work with any software they want. And it's, I love and it's that. Yeah. I love that you included the like industry insider stuff at the end. Um, I think that's that's like really key because that information is really hard, like negotiating salary or stuff like mm -hmm. that. It's also why I started this podcast because it's like so tough to pick the brains of people already in the industry. Um, and why 
while you were talking, uh, I was envisioning like you working in a studio because um, from like the storyboard process to like the animation, there's not much lighting going on in a storyboard. So are you uh, working pretty closely with the director to, to figure out the mood of each piece or like how does that how does that process work when you're actually in the studio? Well, so yeah, you're right. Like, so the, with the storyboarding, it's actually the um, the art department creates color keys very early on in the process while like almost as early as like storyboarding, mm -hmm. I'd say. So, and they work with the art director for that. So it's mainly working more with the art director, the lighting department, but what we get as lighters are these color keys from the art department that they've worked with, with worked with, with with the art director and we use those as reference and it's the art director that right now we go to for the creative direction mm -hmm. if we have questions or if there's, a, there's it's always a, there's always a little bit of change because mm -hmm. you know as things organically yeah. go down the pipeline and the look it may be adjusted a little but we work directly with the art director and the director sometimes it depends on the show really mm -hmm. and how the directors want to interact yeah so like and and when jasmine's talking about the color keys uh if you haven't seen them like just google color keys they're so pretty like yeah. they're just depending on the they're just paintings essentially of the scene and but the notes that we get for our kickoffs are always like all right guys this is a very action-packed scene so we need to feel the drama we need to feel the emotion or it's like these two characters are falling in love so we need it to feel romantic and and this is roughly what we had in mind for it but like it's our job to translate that both that emotional cue and that initial vision into the final images. Nice. So when a, when somebody takes these courses, essentially they can come out the other end and have a demo portfolio totally ready to, you know, start applying to lighting jobs. Yeah. 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 Nice. We've had several, many of our students, you know, yeah. message us that they've gotten their first job in lighting. It's awesome. It's our favorite message yeah. to get. It's so good. <laughs> like we, uh, one of my favorites are uh, Eduardo and Elena. Yeah. I, I would talk about that. So they, uh, <laughs> there were a couple that were living in Spain. They were aeronautical engineers and they saw um, NASA visualizations, like 3D representations from, from that NASA were doing like, oh, that's so cool. And they looked into it and they realized they wanted a more creative field. Um, so they looked into doing lighting and they found us online and they reached out to us and they were like, hey, we don't really have any experience at all. We know like 3D a little bit, but like we've been playing around with it, but like we don't really know. We're like, yeah, we can get you there. And, and um, within a year of signing up for a program, we got the best email, and that was both of them. Yeah. Both got a job at Giant Animation Studios as lighters, oh, wow. and uh, and we love like we've gotten emails from people who got jobs at, you know, DreamWorks and and uh, Sony mm -hmm. and all the major studios too. But like, but theirs was my favorite because it was like, because these are two people that like totally different industries. Yeah, from a totally different industry, different skill sets from one another who are able to uh, use our program. And like, it's it's like, yes, it's cool that they got a job, but like, I know that feeling of, and Jasmine does too, of being in a job or following a career path that doesn't feel like it's your purpose. It doesn't feel like it's what's right for you. And then getting that relief and that sensation of that exhilaration of getting your first job. It's, it's so, it's so great. Nice. Yeah. Well, I have a past career myself, so I, I know the feeling, but, um, uh, so I was just thinking how to, like, it's kind of scary for, I guess, so early on in your career to really specialize. 
you know, animation degrees are more generalist. Um, and like Jasmine, you kind of stumbled into this, whereas Michael, you like saw one thing and knew right away what you wanted to do. So with the students that have come to you, other than the two examples that you just gave where they just saw something and knew, um, what, 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 at what point does somebody make a decision and say, I want to become a lighting artist? Like if you're good in CG and you like, I don't know, um, setting up a scene or something, is that like a good enough indicator that, you know, this might be for you? Well, for me, when I was in grad school, um, and I should say that I, I did work in commercials and visual effects in New York City for about almost 10 years before I came to Blue Sky. So I have come from, I've been with the generalist type of mentality also to the like very super specialized, uh, the feature animated films. For me, I think um, when I was in grad school, I automatically gravitated towards the whole lighting and rendering because I was obsessed with the visual and the end look. Like I went, I ran through the animation bit part of my like thesis. I'd be like, wow, ah, that's good enough. Like, <laughs> and then I focused on the look, but other people- It looks amazing. There's just no animation. <laughs> I know, I'd be like, yeah, you don't need to move it that well. But then other people are the opposite, right? They'll like, focus like so much on the animation and then they just don't like focus they don't care about the lighting or anything like that yeah. so I think it's just naturally like ingrained like those people should become animators because that's where their passion is for me it was very obvious to me that my passion was towards the lighting side I guess to answer the question of like if you're in school and you're not sure. Like, I do remember liking modeling a lot, too. It was, like, between lighting and modeling at one point. I think the best way is, well, one, you don't have to specialize, depending on what industry you're going into. Like, like, like I said, more commercial industries, they, they want generalists. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go into the feature animated films, you almost always have to specialize. Mm -hmm. And if it's not... If it's not obvious to you what your passion is, if it's like animation, rigging, like I think there was, wasn't there like an analogy like um, if you look at something, what was that? It was basically like if you watch a film and you're inspired by it, like ask yourself what you're inspired by, because like you're most people are. If the answer is I'm inspired by the character's performance then you should probably be an animator. But if you're inspired by like the look of the film and the mm -hmm. color and the, huh. the quality of the the image in front of you, then that then you have the eye for a lighter. That's a right? that's a good way of that's yeah. a good way of putting it. I like that. Yeah. Like what what part inspires you in digging and figuring right. that? Yeah. 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 And then when you're doing your work, think about like where do you spend the most time? Where do you love spending your time? Do you love spending your time modeling, or do you like love spending your time like you know animating it? Because mm -hmm. right. you might not realize it, but you're spending more time in the areas that you really enjoy, and mm -hmm. that could be like a good key of what you like to do best. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a stopwatch beside my uh, workstation and whatever <laughs> yeah. I spend time on, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've talked about the course and stuff, but I'm just wondering from, from like a practice perspective, what is the mentality that you have that creates a really great lit scene, no matter what the scenario is, if it's drama or romance, like what is, what is that higher level goal that you're trying to achieve that always creates a good good lighting three wise yeah yeah i mean <laughs> well it's whenever i 
whenever you start with lighting a shot, I always, um, my first thing is I always like, okay, so let's say you have this, uh, this scene and you have a goal of a certain mood that you want to set. I always look for reference images. That's always my first step, right? I go out and I find other images that, that embody the look that I want to go for. Um, reference image is so important. It's like the blueprint to a design or, or to, a, to a building because it gives you a guideline because like, if you're struggling with it and you're looking and you're like, this isn't feeling right, I'm not sure why, you can go back to your reference and, and pull elements from that into your work. But in terms of like what makes a well-lit shot what in, in any scenario, uh, it goes back to the whys of lighting that I'm talking about. And I can only say that because Jasmine and I have been in real reviews, we've been in the room, and these are the things that people look for. Um, uh, uh, creating, like again, translating that mood into the scene so that, because lots of times when you're looking at a demo reel, there's no audio, there's no uh, voices, there's no dialogue. You don't know what's talked about. It, everything's taken out of context. It's just a shot from the middle of a film. But that shouldn't matter. You should be able to still convey the emotion of the scene. And the second thing is it's, uh, is creating visual shaping. So like light to dark fall off areas over round objects. Um, you know, uh, you can see behind us, if you're watching this on video, there's a flat white wall, but you can see variation of color going up. And uh, if you look behind you, you've got a white ceiling. There's like a really bright patch there. And then the light kind of falls off. It goes from light to dark. So that's why light flows in nature. Can you replicate that in your scene? And then the other one is lots of these shots are very short. They're very quick. Um, can you direct the viewer's eye to the most important thing? Like if it's just my face from talking, am I holding something in my hand? Do you want to focus it there? Um, can you use the properties of composition and light to direct the viewer's eye? And then additionally, if you if you have character work, what we found is that if you can create a good connection to the character's eye, if you can make the eye look good, hmm. that's like the next, that's next level because we get, um, that's a focus of our films a lot, and uh, it's just it's just how <laughs> big the, eyes, the eyes, yeah, lip well, glossy, look yeah, squishy, so like squishy. Eyedings at ten, eyedings uh, at ten or two. There's got to be separation between the pupils, flare and an iris. The iris color has to match the surrounding shots. Um, I don't. I know more about eye geometry or eye, like the, the like what makes an eye. Than I that I ever thought I ever would. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're so important from like our instincts to look at other people's eyes, so it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so so if I'm putting together a portfolio for lighting right now, and I'm like, I want to apply to the big studios and hopefully get a job. What is what is it that they're looking for to see in my demo reel? Are there specific there's, shots? Like, yeah. <laughs> so there's. Um, there's a handful of things, so it's 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 a combination of things. They want they want you to demonstrate a range of skills. They want yeah. to see like it's and that's that's why we focus on the things that we that we we focus on in our courses. Like they want to see if you can make a large uh, landscape feel big. They want to see if you can light a character in the ways that I was just discussing. They they want to see also if you can string together a few shots in a row because we light in sequences, right? Mm -hmm. So like. Um, can you match the look from shot to shot? Can the character shirt color look the same from shot to shot? Can the light remain consistent? Can you light in a sequence of, of, of shots? Um, and then one other bit of advice that I heard that I thought was interesting when you're looking at a demo reel was uh, finding your individual artistic voice. So mm -hmm. uh, this actually came uh, from a friend that uh, is an animator 
Um, and it's so true in lighting too, but basically it's like, what about this shot could only have been done by you as an artist? Because there's a lot, of, there's, there are there are definitely like a lot of good, good artists out there. There's these, these jobs are uh, competitive, you know, it's a, like you said, it's our dream job, it's a competitive industry. Like, but, but if you can do something and light a shot in a way that is uniquely yours and, 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 and can feel different and only through your experiences and your past and your aesthetic style can can you make it look that way and it sounds hard but like once you're doing it once you're in lighting and, and like you go through a process a lot your voice starts to stand out a little bit and your experiences start to stand out a little bit and so uh, you can develop your own style which is something that's very cool on a demo reel interesting i never really thought of uh like a signature lighting style because I think it's more, to me, it seems more obvious to like character animation or, you know, character design uh, can be a little bit more signature, but I, that sounds like it totally is transferable to lighting too. I think that's really cool. <laughs> well, our industry is um, getting more abstract all the time. Like we are, um, you know, like after the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I kind of unleashed yeah, I was just thinking like, that. All, all the productions that are going to be coming out over the next five years are like in there's the Netflix series whose name I always mess up. It's like Love, Death, and Robots or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And like that's got such a unique style too. It's like, and those are su super popular. So yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really cool and exciting. So what does the industry look like right now? Like what kind of career paths can you choose if, if you want to get into lighting? You mentioned feature film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you want, there's the feature film, there's, you know, gaming, there's commercials. And like you were kind of hinting at with all the streaming mm -hmm. too, the industry is just getting bigger. Yeah. Um, like Netflix just announced, I, I'm going to get this number wrong, uh, but I believe it was, it, I think it was $17 billion in original content for the year 2020. Yeah, and yeah. so we've got, I mean, this, it's actually a really great time to get into the industry because we've got all the old standards, right? Like Blue Sky, Disney, Pixar, Sony, Illumination, they're all still there. We're all still... I'll still making films, but now we're in the middle of like streaming wars, right? We've got Netflix and Apple TV and Disney Plus and all these <laughs> more animation and Amazon, yes, exactly. and they're all like they're they're just like hungry for content. And so, um, in the next couple of years, there's gonna I think there's gonna be a little bit of a boom, a hiring boom, to gather people. Um, either they'll build their own studios or they'll um, contract out to like I think. Uh, the Netflix series I was talking about, I think that was, I think that Blur Studios did most of that. So like Blur had to ramp up their team in order to meet those needs. So, uh, and there's more online content than there ever was before. It's just like the amount of content that's available that's needed and people are still hungry for it is going to cause a huge rush on jobs. Um, I don't actually know, but when you're in a studio, what are the different roles that you can have as a lighting artist, like senior lighting artists? Like, is there somebody who focuses only on character lighting and somebody who only does background lighting or is it or you're doing all those things? Yeah, I mean, each studio is different, so I can't speak to every studio, but in general, most studios, there is no for lighting, at least there is no specific only character lighting, only environment lighting, because it's all in one scene, right? Um, and usually this, the hierarchy or there's, it starts as a junior lighter, mm. lighter, senior lighter and leads um, is like okay. the, and the leads would probably be the ones leading the sequence, like doing the master rig or the master lighting. And then the other lighters are kind of doing shot lighting um, for that same sequence. And that's, that's a general yeah. hierarchy of lighting. Yeah. 
So like okay. as a shot lighter, you would inherit the lighting rig from the master lighter and like work to match his or her shots. Um, but there, but like Jasmine said, there's there's different ways of doing it. Like I know Pixar on Incredibles two, I think Toy Story four, they did it where it's like they would just have uh, a couple artists work for like the entire film on one sequence. So they would light like all the shots in mm -hmm. one sequence. Um, versus like Jasmine and I that just finished uh, Spies in Disguise, we were lighting on a bunch of different sequences throughout the movie um, as part of teams. So like we would, we, would, we would be with a group of lighters working on one collective thing for a few months and then move on to the next thing. Gotcha. And uh, I'm just curious, in the process of actually lighting a scene, do you get the scene when every all the animation and everything else in shot is already kind of figured out? Like you're one of the last stages? Mm -hmm. Yes, ideally. There's always yeah. like, the back end animation in yeah. other departments. But yeah, we are the last stage mm -hmm. of the pipeline. It goes, I mean, if you want to roughly go, it's modeling, rigging. Um, well, I'm going to miss like the layout. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, there's like little layout. Previs, design, story, like all these things. Okay, stuff. I missed all that. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Should we go through all of it? No, no, no. Okay. We, we, we'll, Lighting's okay. the only thing that matters. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you got modeling, rigging, animation. Uh, materials, effects, and then and then lighting. And that's when lighting, we get it all together. And it's our job to kind of pull all the elements together, the effects elements, everything, into one frame. And then you have the lighting to compositing to stereo. Stereo is the last for our, for our studio, at least. Yeah, because yeah, after the lighting look is established, then they render the left and right eyes of the of that shot and make it and yeah and then they make it they stereoify it from there nice um i'm just thinking maybe maybe as we wrap up um you can just talk a little bit about what's next for your the academy i know you just went through a big uh mm -hmm. a beautiful redesign it looks amazing by the way <laughs> <laughs> thank you that was all jasmine <laughs> um yeah I'm so just, yeah so yeah so we we recently relaunched as the academy of animated art um for years, we've been doing uh, lighting training, and now we're looking to expand it a little bit. We have, um, yeah, we, we, we want to make sure to be a place that not only people can come and, and get a job as a lighter, but really any role within the animation field. So we want a place where everyone can come together, whether you're an animator, rigging artist, um, modeler, where you can come together, you can learn, you can collaborate, you can make some beautiful images, and you can get the knowledge and training and assets that you need to be competitive in the industry. Yep. Yeah. And we have um, a lot of future, you know, mentorships, like a big thing for our past students have said the best thing that they've gotten out of previously TDU, now Academy of Animated Art, is the professional feedback and the mentorship. And we have listened to them and we are moving forward or definitely going to help people get that mentorship in other aspects as well mm. from professionals and in the industry. And I think it's it's gonna be really powerful. Yeah. Nice. Is, yeah, is we, there yeah. Any... yeah, and like like right now, and because and again because Jasmine and I've been in the industry for so long, we've we've uh, been fortunate to have met some incredible people and made some incredible connections. And like um, right now we're working, it's not even on the site yet, but we're beta testing one-on-one uh, -on -one mentorship uh, with some animation and our first person that we're using is a she's a, a, a friend of mine that I went to school with uh, her name is Becky Tower she's the department supervisor of animation at Pixar 
and so she is right now we're beta testing. She's just uh, she's been doing one on one mentorship with two students a month. Um, and uh, we don't really like I said, it's not even on the site yet. We, yeah. we, we just reached out to our existing students who are interested in just testing something. So if you're listening to this and you're yeah. curious about that, just feel free to reach out to us. We'll be happy to get that set up for you. That sounds like a super great opportunity. Is there anything else you'd like to share about uh, your journeys or lighting or the, the school or anything else? <laughs> I mean, just know that we have been, like if, if you're listening to this and you're interested in lighting, but you don't think that you're good enough or you're, you're unsure of your work and, and just know that you're not alone, that we've been there. We're exactly where you are, where this job feels like a far off dream. And there's like, you don't know how you're going to get there. So if you're feeling like that, we built a place where you can go and meet with us and talk to us and work with us. And we can help share our experience with you and guide you on your own path from where you are today into the lighting on animated film industry. And, uh, yeah, and we're, we're here to help. We're here to help you in any way that we can. Yeah, and it nice. works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we, like I said, we've got a couple hundred. I think we're up to over 300 students of, uh, that we've trained now. Um, and we've got a ton of success stories from it. So we're, we, we're confident that this isn't a theoretical system that might kind of sort of work. Like we yeah. are, it's, it's a proven system that's, that's worked for a lot of people in the past. And we, we're from all different backgrounds. So no matter where, where you are, where you're coming from, we can... We're sure this can work for you, too. Nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything about your experience in the school. It's been really cool listening. I, I uh, need to do a lot more research into uh, lighting because uh, it's something that I haven't worked at all with yet. So well, that's um, good. We have a we'll, we'll have a course for you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> See you there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank uh, you for having us. Yeah, and if you're listening and you're interested in following or getting in touch with Jasmine and Michael, you can do so by heading on over to their Academy website, which is academyofanimatedart.com. And if you're specifically interested in lighting, they have an amazing free ebook called The Insider Secrets for a Successful Demo Reel. I definitely recommend giving that a look. Uh, it's right on their front page, so make sure you check that out too. And that's all for now. So thanks so much for listening and take care. Bye.